1: everybody settle down, find a seat. Settle down, please find a seat. Thank you. This is Salary Cap 101. If you're not supposed to be in Salary Cap 101, then you're in the wrong classroom. Please welcome Professor Jeff Nowak, WWL sports reporter, to teach this class. How you doing, Jeff?
2: Yeah, that that was quite an introduction. I had flashbacks.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, being in the wrong classroom, me too. (laughs) Um, Man, I have a hard time understanding all of this stuff. So let's let's present the material professor as best you know how. What kind of uh, challenges are the Saints facing as it relates to salary cap issues and which players could it directly affect?
2: Uh, Well, yeah, so one thing that's worth mentioning is we do this every year. Um, this is no different than it was last year or the year before that. If anything, it's actually a little easier than it has been because, as Mickey Loomis said this year, uh, and he has said similar things in the past, they're trying to manage it back to the middle so that we are not constantly in this kind of gymnastic situation where you're trying to restructure this deal and restructure this deal and get to cap compliance. Hey, but, let, me,
1: let me jump in one second when you say every year. Is that at, uh, in every NFL city, or is that only in some? And yeah. are the Saints in, well, considered one of those some cities where it's, it happens?
2: This is very much something the Saints are kind of like pioneers on. You know, okay. other teams use the restructure kind of method to clear up space when they need it. The Saints uh, are much more you know, forward thinking about how they use these restructures. They, they run them in three-year cycles. So mm-hmm. these are all planned restructures. Okay. The only question is if you need them and when you need them. But you're going to use them because, for example, the Saints went into this offseason about $60 million over the salary cap. I want to say last year they were in around eighty, mm-hmm. And two years ago, which kind of kicked off kicked this off because it was – Partially, the, the breeze years you're going all in, and then partially because of COVID impacting the salary cap, you ended up having to clear about 110 million. And that was very difficult. And that's when you saw some some difficult decisions like Emmanuel Sanders getting cut, Jackrabbit Jenkins getting cut, that sort of thing. This year, you're looking at about 60, and you've already cut into about 25 million of that. They restructured Ryan Ramchek, they restructured Marcus May, they restructured um oh there was one more eric mccoy and they re it didn't really restructure it they adjusted will lutz contract and all done you cleared about 25 million of that 60 so you're mm-hmm. sitting at about 35 million over the cap and you're gonna see some more restructures probably cam jordan because you can clear another 10 million Marshawn Lattimore, you can clear another 10 million Taysom hill you can clear another 6 million and you kind of go down the line and I expect they'll, they'll get all that done pretty shortly, um, like, well, prior to, you know, the start of free agency. And then you're going to try to figure out, OK, how much money can you clear up beyond that to sign some free agents? I you, think, you, you know, Jeff, like all that said term. And done, they could clear in the range of 30 million beyond the salary cap.
1: If you could, because we throw that term restructure around for people that don't understand. What does that mean Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of confusing because it makes it sound like the contract is being changed in some way, but the saints actually work in a automatic restructure clause as my as I understand it in the contract. So like the players not involved with this mm-hmm. and it doesn't actually impact their money. What you're doing in most cases, like Will Lutz, I think it was actually a salary reduction and they're turning some of that into incentives, so that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a much smaller number. Right. And so, in and so, for example, Eric McCoy's case, they're converting a, a lot of his base salary into a signing bonus. So he's still getting that money and it's effectively effectively guaranteeing that money rather than, you know, a lot of these contracts are not guaranteed. So what you're doing is you're guaranteeing it and then you're pushing it down the road and you can spread out that cap hit over multiple seasons so that you can save money against this year's cap why that's often called kicking the can down the road is you will inevitably have to pay that money and that's why you'll see the things go into the offseason well over the cap when they were not over the cap in the prior year because a lot of those restructures are hitting in the next season and then the next season and then the next season that's why you're still paying Malcolm Jenkins $4 million next year, even though he hasn't played football in two years. Also known as dead um, money. Now, right? if you were a team that didn't do this a lot, and suddenly you just start doing that because you're trying to go all in and whatnot, that's one thing. The Saints kind of plan for that. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of working their contracts ahead into that. That's why you'll you'll hear a lot of national hullabaloo about, oh, my gosh, how are they possibly going to handle this? And then locally it's like, yeah, it's $60 million, That's nothing.
1: <laughs> but it seems to me Jeff, like, eventually this, this is going to come home to roost, huh?
2: See, it's not, though, because it's going down every year. It's not going up every year. If you suddenly go in reverse, right, and you you start signing contracts that will make it continue to climb, then it might catch up with you. And that's why when you're talking about signing a Derek Carr to a major deal, you have to make sure that's that's – you are 100% in on that decision because that will complicate things, right? They were all in under Sean Watson last year. That was a little confusing mm-hmm. because again, you're talking about, okay, you're going to have to pay this guy all of the money. So that makes your table a little more complicated and you might start to have to make difficult decisions around that because you have to make the money work for that major quarterback contract. So it's really, it's as long as the cap keeps going up, which you know, money keeps flowing in, mm-hmm. so that doesn't seem like an issue. The Saints should be fine. It, it was really the COVID year that put them behind the eight ball because the cap actually went down, or it kind of stayed static, which you're, you are planning for cap increases because it increases every year, and it didn't, and that's what forced them to have to be kind of creative. It also came at the in the final year of the breeze era where – you had mortgaged a lot and you knew it was going to be kind of awkward for a couple seasons after Breeze retired, but it was worth it to try to win in that window with Drew when you got real real close. So it's hard to argue that it was a bad decision. Um, but yeah, I think in the next couple of years, barring any crazy 200 million dollar quarterback contracts, I think you'll see that get a lot closer to you know 30 million, 20 million, which you know that's one or two moves and you're there. So I don't I think it's it's more just, it's a different way to handle the salary cap, and it confuses a lot of people who are only looking at that number.
1: Yeah, I got my hand raised right now as being one of those confused, Jeff, but thank goodness <laughs> you're here to, to sort that out. Let me take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about franchise tag in this article you wrote for WWL.com. I guess Odyssey, I don't know who you wrote it for, but either way, you wrote it, and it's a good article about the franchise tag and what players could be involved. We're talking to Jeff Nowak, WWL sports reporter, about the franchise tag, about the latest on Derek Carr, about salary cap, you got any questions or issues, Five zero four two six. not issues, questions or comments, 504 260 What the hell, Jeff? We'll take issues as well, don't you think? Let's do it. Yeah, let's sort through their issues at 504-260-1870. 821, traffic now on WWL. 825, Tommy Tucker, WWL. Jeff Nowak is our guest, WWL sports reporter, our friend talking about Saints using a franchise tag. Let me go back to quarterback first. Jeff, do we have any more of an idea than we did after the final game of the twenty 2020- twenty? To 2022 season. Yeah, that I get confused here. 2022 <laughs> season about who the starting quarterbacks would be for the 2023 season?
2: Well, it's no. I okay. will say no. Um, what we know is the Saints cannot trade for Derek Carr. I think they're still going to be going after Derek Carr. And the question is now, will that be at a cost that you can stomach? Mm-hmm. Um, he visited the Jets last weekend. And I think now the process is kind of the Derek Carr knows the Saints are interested. The Saints know Derek Carr is interested. And you're kind of establishing, okay, which teams are going to be in the running. Um, but I think that's the question you need to answer when uh, when free agency begins. Is is that, that going to be a realistic option? And if not, then you start looking elsewhere.
1: And when does that begin, um, Jeff, free agency?
2: Oh, I have to check. I believe it, 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 mid-March. Okay. I, I forget the exact date. But we're still about a month away from that. Got gotcha. um, And one of the questions you have to answer, which you alluded to, is, you know, do some quarterbacks get the franchise tag on them? Lamar Jackson's an interesting case because it doesn't seem like the Ravens want to pay him. Um, It doesn't seem like he wants to play on a franchise tag. He he declined to play through an injury in the playoffs this year. And I don't know how you can kind of bridge that gap to saying, okay, play for an entire year on another no contract season. Uh, So that's tough. And you're also talking about a franchise tag for a quarterback is like 32 million anyway, so that's not really a discount. I know you eat and breathe um, this
1: stuff, Jeff. But tell people what a franchise tag is for those that don't know.
2: Yeah, so essentially every team gets one tag, if you will, and it can either be a franchise tag an exclusive franchise tag, or the only one's called a transition tag. And basically, if you franchise tag is the kind of the middle ground and is the average of about the top five salaries at the position over the past five seasons. So. You're paying at the top of the market for one year. If you remember Marcus Williams in 2021, the Saints couldn't come to a deal with him, so they put a franchise tag on him. I believe his contract was something around $11 million. Mm -hmm. Um, And safety is one of the cheaper positions to franchise tag just because contracts at the safety position are typically lower. And so that means that you get to retain him on a one-year deal. Um, On the franchise tag, a team could theoretically come in and sign him to a deal, you would get the chance to match it. And if Mm -hmm. you didn't, you would get two first-round picks coming in. So that doesn't happen very often. And that's why, like, the exclusive tag teams couldn't negotiate with them, but you'd have to pay more. And then the transition tag, someone could come and sign them, and you wouldn't get anything back. Um, But you have the chance to match it. So that's kind of where you are. You get one per season, and it's essentially a very expensive way to retain someone that you were unable to sign. Um, This year, I would argue there aren't very good candidates on the saints to potentially get it because anyone you'd give it to would be getting a very significant, sorry, significant raise over what they were making. Um, and they're all on the, on the range of like, okay, linebacker Caden Ellis is a free agent, but you really want to sign him mm-hmm. and paying $20 million for next year for Caden Ellis. It doesn't seem like it makes sense. Marcus Davenport had half a sack last season. I don't know if he's a guy you're going to go after, but paying him $18 million for next season feels like a stretch. Bradley Roby is on the wrong side of 30 and he's a free agent. He might be interesting if you really do need that cornerback depth, but it's going to be tough to manage that money inside the cap. And then the one that might make sense to me is David Onyemata, who's going to be a free agent at a position that you are thin at on the defensive interior. And I want to keep him away from Ryan Nielsen up in Atlanta. So if I can't, come to a a decent deal with him, getting one more season out of David Onyemata at a decent raise and not having to play him twice next year might make sense. But that's kind of where you're at in terms of the franchise.
1: Man at 30s jumped out at me on both Onyemata and Bradley Roby, (laughs) especially it really did that age. Um, Marcus Davenport, if we
2: don't pay him, somebody's going to, huh? That's a good question. You know, and, and he was in a contract year and he really, I would argue, laid an egg. Um, he had a half sack over an entire season. Yeah. The, the positive thing you can say for him is he played in 15 games, but he was ineffective to the point that he only started nine of them.
1: Yeah, that's a positive um, thing. He played 15 games, started nine, and only had one half sack.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. The positive thing is also doubled as a negative. <laughs> right. how, how is that possible when you're on the field that much? Um, but the thing is the Saints is you have sunken a lot into him. You traded an extra first-round pick to go get him, um, you know, you, you've developed him, you've spent five years developing him and now you? you're looking at, do you just let him walk or did and you, right? if you let him walk? Is he going to go straight to Atlanta and then he's going to find his form and, and suddenly you're having to deal with him twice a year. So I don't know. Like, I think if you're the saints, you're trying to find a middle ground where you can sign him to maybe a short-term deal that would work for him where he can kind of reestablish his value. Because if he was a free agent after the 2021 season, I think he's getting a big time deal. Going into free agency now after the season he had, it's not going to be good for him either. Like his value dropped off a cliff based on what we saw. At least I think it did. I would be surprised if any team was willing to pay him uh, at the rate that he probably wants them to. So maybe a short-term deal back with the Saints would benefit both sides. I don't know. Um, It's just, it's going to be interesting to see how his market develops because I think around the league people have an appreciation for what he can do, but, you know, that's an entire season of a half-stack and limited production like that. That's not a mirage. Like, something's up. Thank you, so Jeff. Teams are going to want to figure that Thank
1: out. Thank you, sir. We're out of time. We're lucky to have you. Jeff Nowak taking a quick break. Coming back with Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungester on WWL.